Guys, for the download on this episode of the New Blood Rising podcast, we are in season three of our show, episode number eighty-nine, and we are taking a look at ECW pay-per-views. We are now entering the calendar year of two thousand, and with that, we are going to be looking at today, Guilty as Charged two thousand. I am William Rankin, joined by Jason Kiesler. Hello, and Charlie Stabile. I'll approach the bench, I guess. <laughs> um, not with us today is our longtime friend, Martin Dixon. He is at Bunny Suicide on Twitter, so please send your best wishes to him as uh, we take a look this week at this pay-per-view. Um, also, just for his plug, please continue to go check him out at 4CR Online as well, where he, uh, he has plenty, plenty of amazing columns about just shitty wrestling figures. Nobody does it better than him. He ever. actually breaks them out. And plays with them. And takes photos. It's a hands-on approach. It's a very hands yes. Yeah, I kind of want to get him some of those uh, new talking figures that they have. Have you seen the commercials for those? I can't cut the promo for the toy anymore? Like, they want him to talk for me? Yes, well, it's not, just, it's not just cheesy. They want, like, there's sensors in there that if you have another one, they can tell what the other toy is. Oh. And they will start talking, like, cutting promos on each other. And you put them in the ring, and the ring starts playing their entrance music. I just want to see Brett and Sean. Yeah, I want to, well, I want to see Virgil. I want to see yeah. you get the Virgil music from 91. <laughs> <laughs> Something real bad. You know, like if it's like Matt Johnny Hardy be Edge. bad? If it... <laughs> oh. Matt Hardy and Edge. Hey, fella. <laughs> <laughs> we we got to have a talk. What are you fucking my girlfriend? What are you, what are you doing, pal? <laughs> Dwayne Zelensky. There it is. I Honey, shrunk. I done shrunk the baby. I shrunk them motherfuckers. Money, money. All right, so Guilty is Charged 2000. It is January 9th. It is a new year. The Y2K thing didn't happen. But, uh, well, such is life. Birmingham, Alabama, though. Let's talk some departures. Courtesy, we have a, a, an extensive dossier this time, courtesy of Colin Duff. Really appreciate all his info here, especially starting off here. Got a big one. Chris Candido and Tammy Lynn. Oh, wow, yeah. After being in and out of ECW for most of 99, Candido worked his last match at a TNN taping on December 10th. That aired January 2nd, teaming with Rhino against the Impact players. In another Season 2 reference, he shows up in WCW in, in March until June. Remember when we talked about this? We saw him show up with Tammy. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Uh but they were only there they were only there until June, which would kind of be in the, the WWF range, but still mm-hmm. they were let go after drug paraphernalia was found in a trash can in their dressing room. Imagine that. After his well known drug problems, he finally got himself clean and returned to the limelight of TNA in two thousand five, where he broke his leg in a match at the first lockdown pay per view on April twenty fourth. After surgery and attending a, t- a TV taping days later, where he managed the natural to the NWA World Tag Team Championships. It was a, sadly on April 28th, Chris Candido died, initially thought to have been because of a blood clot due to surgery complications, but later, later was revealed to be 
acute pneumonia. The match where the Naturals won the tag team championships aired on Impact on April 29th, with the last image being Candido celebrating with the tag belts on the floor before going to an in-memory screen for him. He was only 33 years old. Axel Rotten finished with ECW in December and was off to the Indies. He didn't do anything of note outside of his appearances in WWECW shows. As you mentioned at Anarchy Rules, Axel passed away in February 2016 at 44. Given how much they teamed, it is bizarre that he died only two months before his tag team partner, Balls Mahoney, died in, in also 2016 at the age of 44. Oh my God. Vito went to WCW. And that's something, of yes, course. Yes, we know. Yep. We covered that yeah. in, in uh, season one. And, over there. and later to WWE, where he was part of the FBI and later started wearing a dress. Because he looks like Saturn? Of course, yeah, or okay. Jupiter, Neptune, one of the... Right. Here's a shocker. PN News went back to indie obscurity and wrestling in Europe as Cannonball Grizzly. <laughs> what? <laughs> what a name. It's awesome. I mean, it's just two random words put together that you got to wrestle. <laughs> Grizzly Cannonball sounds uh, <laughs> more appropriate. Hey, you get hit by a grizzly cannonball. You imagine that? Ah! Sounds like Judy Bagwell's finisher. <laughs> oh, nasty. Oh, no. From the top of the forklift. <laughs> random notes. In your nose. Here's some more random notes. Cyrus revealed himself to be an employee of TNN on Christmas Eve episode of ECW on TNN. Joey and Cyrus now. Okay, so let's head to. Um, we're going into our mat. We're going into our pay per view now. So let's start it off. We've got Joey and Cyrus in the ring with some. Half-hearted banter that includes hometown heat. Gertner comes out similar to November to Remember 99 and does his usual bit. Joey does mention Hardcore Revolution, the video game. That's a big part of this show. Um, you guys have anything to add to that? Like, I mean, I'm serious. It really feels like the same kind of thing we got from the last show. Is there anything else you guys want to add to the opening here? Gertner, um, he goes on a bit of a, of a rant or routine. And, and Joey says something like, are you done? And he basically says, I've done. I said this, I said that. Joey, I think I'm done. I actually really like that. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's a level of self-awareness that he doesn't seem like he's ever had before. So I like that. I like the promotion of Hardcore Revolution. Like, that brought back some memories. I remember having that game. Yeah, it was kind of a, it was a big deal because... The well, first M-rated wrestling yeah. video game. Big deal. Simply yeah. because of the barbed wire match. Yeah. That was the only reason. Here's the thing about ECW video games that made it just impossible to enjoy fully. No licensed music. Right. Gen I mean, you think the WWE Network music was generic? <sighs> Listen to some of the tracks on those Acclaim games. My God. And it's that's the thing. It's the reworked Attitude, WWF Attitude Engine. Yeah. And that game sucked out anyway. Yeah, because, I mean, once you had the THQ, AKI thing, Sorry. that's it. That was the deal. Yeah. Jason, anything to add to that opening at all? Well, it where you were talking about Cyrus revealing himself to be a TNN employee and the way that Gertner is a little chippy with him, but not chippy with Cyrus the person, more with the office, where they already, like, where was they already getting pissed off at each other as far as TNN and ECW, like this early that. on in the relationship, and that's how they're... Don't you think EC, or uh, TNN would be really pissed off for them to make a character that they, that they claim is from TNN, which he's not, but they claim that he is, and he's a heel? Like, don't you think that would piss them off? Yeah, I'm wondering if there was already a shot fired that, that led to this. You know what I mean? Possibly. Because, I mean, but Roller in all honesty, it wasn't like, 
it was only at this point, like how many months? Like it wasn't even half a year yet. Not, not even six months. I don't think so. so. Yeah. That's part of what I thought the initially the going from you know eighty to ninety million, and then saying it, and then Gertner being the one that says a million. You know, like they're like the the network can't live up to the promises they made to them or something. I I don't know. It was it was pretty because they were only on for they were like what less than a year. Yeah, when uh, when they uh, rebranded themselves as no 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 well the national network they rebranded themselves and got WWF. So a lot of people I've read that they they think that they were using ECW as a ploy to get WWF because. There was a lot more than WWF switching networks. That was a deal with Viacom, I recall. And uh, I remember reading that Heyman was upset with TNN because he didn't feel that TNN was actively promoting ECW or the program, even though I remember reading there was a time where ECW on TNN was the highest rated program that TNN had that was an original program. Right. You know, not including a movie or something. And because, yeah, because Roller Jam would came on after ECW and it would lose 30 to 35% of that audience. Yeah. So I'm sure there's a lot of things that went into it that we don't know about. Oh yeah. Definitely a lot that we don't know. There hasn't been the, has there been the definitive like book, like the good oh, I love? Cause that. I know like death of WCW by Brian Alvarez. Awesome. Right. Fantastic book. But I don't remember one for like ECW. The most they might ever touch on it and I'll have to go back and revisit it is the rise and fall of okay. ECW. Yeah, and, uh, that, that's that like point, a two and a half hour doc. That point you're talking about about the TNN with it being a testing ground for WWE. I wonder. Yeah, they might have known WWF was. That's. I think Paul says that. That's his whole theory. In there. That's interesting too, because they always seem to help each other. Yeah. So let's kick it off here. We got Mikey Whipwreck versus C.W. Anderson. So let's go to some Colin notes here. Um, I, he's. I am unsure when Louis started to manage the new Dangerous Alliance and why this match is happening, but let's see what they have been doing. Uh, November 26th, Rob Van Dam pins C.W. Anderson to retain the TV title. Looks like um, around the same time, Mikey Whipwreck defeated C.W. Anderson in a straight-up match. Looks like the week after, Rob Van Dam defeated Mikey Whipwreck to retain the TV title. Looks like on Christmas Eve, Raven pinned Mikey Whipwreck. Early in the bout, Whipwreck took the mic and said he wasn't a baby for being 26 years old and living at home. Guess that was a dig at Raven. Okay. Oh, I see. Uh, I didn't understand that. Okay. But yeah, it looks like just the majority of this is just kind of, um, you know, just I, they're each kind of doing their own thing. But the reason this is important to bring up is like we have a new stable on the horizon, a new dangerous alliance. We get this Louis. Which is an interesting idea. It is. Like, I, that's what I wrote too. Like, I, I like the idea. It. Especially with an Anderson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It. What I'm getting worried of is because we're just, now we're getting now we got got a couple stables now brewing, but neither one of them seems super competitive yet. Like they seem like they're going to be battling for mediocrity. Right. You need a title. Yeah. So one note, like we had um we had mentioned. Remember when we had Jason versus Jazz, and we we're like, when the hell was he TV champion? Yes. Mikey Whipwreck was the one who beat him. So that's when Mikey, um, yeah, that's who Mikey beat to become the TV champ in August of 94. So that's how, that's, oh. that's when that took place. Jason okay. was a champ in 94. So I'm glad we got that info because, yeah, I still was like, when the hell was Jason a TV champion? But whatever. I still don't know who he beat. Jason, kick us off here, bud. What did you think of um, Mikey Whipwreck and C.W. Anderson here? I'm not sure what to think of the new Dangerous Alliance just yet. Looking at, like, it's, 
you know, it's it it's almost something like that I think Paul would want to treat with respect and not do this because of the people that were involved with it. Um, but there's kind of comic-y right now because there's, I mean, the, just all the allusions to C.W. Anderson being related to Arn and Oli. Um, and then the other, what's the other guy's name in the new one? It's like he's blatantly beautiful Bob Eaton. Yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to see if I put the name down. I don't think I did. Oh, yeah, beautiful Billy Wilds. Yeah, and the they're doing their moves. I mean, like, you know, he freaking uses a spine buster. Um, Damn good spine to, buster, though. It is, it is. And it's, it's not a, I like how this guy is very kind of 80s wrestler looking. You know, he definitely doesn't look like a 90s style wrestler. Um, I like this. I like the work. It's good to see Mikey back. The crowd is really not as into it as I thought they would be. Yeah. Um, I forgot about hit, you know, until they, they mentioned about him being in ECW or not ECW mentioned WCW. Um, of course they take their pot shots at it. It was like a, just a, it wasn't a high paced, you know, barn burner opener. It was a nice little bit, but I wouldn't have kicked off a show with this. No, no. It's, I'm gonna. Um, go ahead. It's right down the middle. I'm giving it a five. Yeah. You have anything to add to it, Charlie? Uh sure. Yeah. Um, I love, or or I did. I love C.W. Anderson. Uh, he's a cool guy. He's one of the last interesting wrestlers that shows up in original ECW before they fold. Now, as we talked about on the last episode, C.W. Anderson has come out in the news in the last week, criticizing Paul Heyman, saying that uh, while he should have been staying with ECW, you know, trying to help it and save it. He was busy off in California filming Rollerball, to which Paul Heyman, I mean, it's rare that he'll do this, but he actually came out and just defended himself and absolutely blasted C.W. Anderson and made him sound like almost a glorified jobber, which isn't the way I even remember him being portrayed. He said he he called in something like Tommy Dreamer's stooge uh, because he would get the coffee for him or something. So it it was a little disheartening. For, to see C.W. Anderson do that, he sounds very bitter. Yeah. But as a wrestler, he's a solid worker, and so is Mikey Whipwreck. It's funny how, because we talk about the chip on ECW's shoulder when it comes to the other companies, for a triple crown winner, such as Mikey Whipwreck, even with that under his belt, I still don't think they knew what to do with Mikey Whipwreck. Because, you know, I mean, he'll be in a match like this, he'll, he'll lose to C.W. Anderson, but I mean, they had him beat Austin. They had him beat Sandman. He feels like he was Spike Dudley. He was the Spike Probably. Dudley character. Mm-hmm. That's it, but he doesn't have the charisma of Spike. Right. They're carved out of the same archetype. They're going to battle big guys. Right. And come up against all these odds and but, fall just short. But we're going to see it soon. Mikey Whipwreck's going to actually go through a character transformation. Yeah. Which is very makes... interesting for him. Because it actually makes him interesting. Yeah. You know, when they bring in, um, I think it's James Vanderberg from WCW. Yeah, which, that's actually a great little run for him, and that's, that's fine. This match, I'm with Jason. This is okay. It's not an opener. I wouldn't have right. put this as an opener. But it is right down the middle. It is a five. I gave it a five, too. Believe it or not, I actually did not overrate this one. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. Well, I'm not getting I know. too it's, excited. It's... But, uh... Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, we go briefly to Joey and Cyrus. They talk over the cards some more. Then we head into this... Uh... Oh dear! This six man from hell. I mean, well, six person. Six person. Sorry, I'm sorry. Thank you. <sighs> Simon Diamond, Danny Doring, and Roadkill with Electra and Mitch at their at Mitch. Race. Isn't it Mitch? Well, no, I'm one, I don't remember a, a 
another person. Who was he? He was the clean. He was the clean cut Gertner. That's right. Um, basically, intro. He was he like they called it. He's like Did he, he looked announce? like. Uh, yeah, okay. he announced Simon Diamond. Well, Electra. They're oh, gonna be, forgot about her. They're gonna be taking on the uh, the electrifying combination of <laughs> Nova, Kid Cash, and Jazz. It's Jazz. That's for Martin. That's for yeah. Martin. Thank you. <laughs> so let's talk about how everybody kind of got here. So, um. November 14th, Danny Doring and Roadkill beat uh, beautiful Bobby Wiles and C.W. Anderson. A solid stable. Kicking off there. I like it. Coming out hot. <laughs> Coming out hot. November 19th, Cyrus presented Electra to Danny Doring as a replacement for Miss Congeniality. Thank you. January, uh, yeah, January 28th. That doesn't seem right. Because... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is from the future. <laughs> well, regardless, it was sometimes on our TV. Regardless. <laughs> oh, well. Danny Doring and Roadkill defeated the Dups. <clears throat> the what? <laughs> the Dups. <laughs> December 5th. Nova and Kid Cash defeated the Dups. Who are the when, Dups? When Nova pinned Jack. Jack Dup? <laughs> and, oh, oh, I get it. You now, get it? Now that it you comes out it? of my there mouth. There you go. December 19th, Hardcore TV, Simon Diamond defeated It's Jazz. Uh, <laughs> December 26th, a skit where Danny Doring, Roadkill, and Electra hand out Christmas presents to Super Crazy, Francine, and Joel Gertner. Sounds like they're cowbells, guys. January 7th. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Danny Doring and Roadkill. Colin Kill. had a few drinks when he wrote this. <laughs> No. I don't know. I, it, it, I'm, it may have been me. I'm, I'm just, okay, okay. All right. Danny Doring and Roadkill beat the Dups and Nova and, and Kid Cash in a three-way last eliminating Kid Cash. During the match, it's Jazz and Electra uh, have a cat fight until Simon Diamond carried Jazz to the back. I'm sorry. Carried it's Jazz to the back. back to, to the back. Chetty, Chetty, I like, I'm sorry, Colin. I love the way you wrote this. Chetty done the same with a knocked out Electra. I felt like Undertaker wrote that for a second. <laughs> hey, Swagger, watch this. Swagger, give me your resume. All right, so let's talk a few about some of these uh, new characters. David Cash had been with ECW since June, wrestling under his real name, but seems to have debuted the Kit Cash gimmick in late November. The Dups sign a WWF developmental deal and leave ECW soon after this pay-per-view, so I won't go into them much. They seem to be uh, a, pun, a pun-named based stable. Jack Dup. Jacked up, as the pun is. There you go, Charlie. And boat up. And, up. and I, like, I, I do like how Colin's like, I don't get the pun. But it's supposed to be boat up. His name should be Lick. I know. It, it's a, it, I, I don't get what they were going for either. Or Later they would go on to TNA when, where the future Trevor Murdoch would be stand-up. And their cousin slash girlfriend fluffed up. <laughs> okay. I just want to let that all. breathe. I wanted to let that breathe for you for a second. Now, here's the best note that Colin has here for this. He's like, I'm sure Stacy the Cat Carter left Jerry Lawler for one of them. So we have them to blame for Lawler returning to the WWF and replacing Paul Heyman in his great comment. So there we go. All right. So, Charlie, if you if you will. If you will. Um, this is OK. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not bad. Uh. Boy, Joey gets a nice little tongue twister going here. Where he tries to say angry Amish and it comes out as Angrish Amy. 
<laughs> it's like that Congo girl, Amy hungry. <laughs> Amy uh, Amish. I don't buy the fact that Kid Cash is wrestling with a broken jaw. Was that a joke, Jason? Do you buy that? I uh, I have no opinion of it either way, but I was just like going, you since they said it like 80 million times, that's where the whole bit oh. of Yeah, he's uh He's not exactly over with the crowd. <laughs> I, I, no. I, I call him the, the rebel without applause. I, I swear, the way you just said that is if he came backstage and like somebody in Gorilla's like, you know, you're not exactly over with the crowd. <laughs> so go ahead, rebel with no applause. I like rebel it. without applause. Rebel without yeah, applause. I like I, it. Which, I mean, I like Kid Cash, but I think it's because of what he does later on. Like, he, has, he has a good in-ring style. But I mean, it, he's just ripping off Kid Rock. I mean, it, it's basically down to a T. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought for a minute I was like, "Holy shit!" Um, speaking of, before we get too far, the the ECW intro to this pay per view. Did you catch Steve Carino going at it with Fred Durst? Yeah, I was and, gonna. There is. I have a note for that later because I think oh uh, Col- Colin actually nails that for us. That will be in the opening video until the end. They love showing that off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's a move I love. The Lancaster Lariat of Lust. Is that the heart attack? I don't know what it... Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's a great combination of their gimmicks. <laughs> like, it's just it's just really cool. Uh, Chris Chetty showed up. You mean, it's Taz, is his cousin. Right, it's Taz's cousin. Um, I love the fact that Joey Styles claims that Danny Doring is Chris Chetty's arch nemesis. I just like the idea that Chris Chetty... Has an arch nemesis. He doesn't seem like the profile. I, I would say it's his of. own body at this point because yeah. he can't stay Dude. healthy. I'll tell you what, if he didn't wrestle with the boas, because he never takes off his ring attire. Yeah, that's a that's a problem. Hulk Hogan doesn't wear his. <laughs> right. Right. Um, Just so, Hogan doing his whole stick with a fucking boa yeah. the whole time. He does this kind of... I'll just call it what it is. Basically, 69's Electra. And Cyrus, I mean, it was so tasteless, but Cyrus kind of saved it for me because with that move, Chetty about had her licked. So that was... <laughs> Nailed nice. it. And yeah, what else is there to say? Uh, now, you, you keep saying Dup. See, I kept, when I heard him say it, I thought he kept saying Duff. And maybe it's just because I miss Stranger Things. But it's Dup? Yeah. With, with peas? Oh, my God. I yeah. could have sworn it was Duff. Anyway. I thought it was Duff. Do what? I thought it was dust. Oh, because oh, we they, all heard different when they come things. out, they're dirty. They like they they just look like they've been hanging out, you know, like just desert trailer trash. They look like the low rent Wyatts. So, <laughs> I <laughs> this is once again, meh. It's all right. I give it a five. Okay, Jason, how about you? You got anything from this one that you want to talk about? Um, the crowd is loving Nova, yeah. like crazy. It still doesn't make sense. To me, that this guy is 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 the level that he's at, the level that they the commentators want to tell you he's at, and the people being behind him, and he's still in this same old shit over and over and over again. Um, like the 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 ref doing this the turnbuckle dive since every Terrible. I like it. It's one of the things you hate when. And, and it, it is so annoying when in cruiserweight matches or any high flying matches or even to the point now where they're starting to have an in the heavyweight matches where it's all these indie guys, everyone wants to do it. What was um, the spot? I don't remember this. They're all taking turns jumping off the ring on each other. Uh-huh. And 
the ref does it. You don't see it because the camera's too busy looking it. at it's something. It's terrible. It made I me so angry when I figured out what it was. So, um, Danny or the Chetty showing up, his pin on Electra is gross. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like no matter. I mean, you know, Cyrus. Oh, yeah, Cyrus's little pun didn't help it. It's gross. Um, and what's weird is I'm getting ready to say something that's almost contradictory. It, I was laughing my ass off with Electra making her boobs flex. That was awesome. But no, 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 the no, no. Reason, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why Lex is Luger. because after yeah, <laughs> sex Luger. Um, the reason why is after the the big the the Dub brothers come out and mess everyone up and they beat the shit out of Roadkill and everybody's checking on everybody. She runs up to check on Roadkill like, "Oh, are you okay?" realizes that the camera's on her, turns, does her tit jiggle and then goes back to being concerned for Roadkill. That's getting that's what over. made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it is, but it's just like, I mean, that's some incredible awareness of what's going on. Um it's like the 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 bit with Nova falling off the ring, I don't think was supposed to happen. That looked like that could have hurt him pretty bad. Uh, luckily, he was back up. I like that that when the dubs come out and everyone starts fighting them, it's not the typical, oh, well, we're buddies now. They just kind of back off each other and go check on each other's partners. I like that vibe. Yeah. It, um, I, did you give it, what did you give it, Jason, as a rating? I gave it a four. I ended up giving it a five. So I just, you know, I can't down the I mean, it felt like it. The match felt completely out of control. Like it was oh, just—it yeah. it felt like it was basically two hot tags melded together, and and there you go. Um, I kept—I wrote for here—is Nova over yet? You know, I just because it's just—I mean, what what else does he have to do at this point? So, I agree with both you guys are saying there. So, yeah, it's just—I mean, I don't know what it is. He's from last show to this one. It's just like we're getting these kind of drek, um, you know, like opener and second match. You know, they're just like, eh. He hasn't had a, a match as good since that first one he had with Chetty, where they did that finishing move off the top rope together. Awesome, yeah. yeah it was really cool. Yeah. I, all that momentum is gone, and really, it's really no fault of his own. It's with Chetty. Yeah. Know, getting injured. And I, but I, that's what I don't get. It's like, we said he was injured, and I was like, okay, believe it. That, that thing, the whole thing looked terrible at Anarchy Rules. Was it that? Was that Anarchy Rules when he had the bad injury? It, hmm. was either that or... No, I think... Yeah, what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then he he's still coming out, and he's taking, like, some... I mean, at one point, he took, like, what, a splash from Roadkill? Yeah. <laughs> On the back. I thought that's what hurt him again. Yeah, so I'm, I, I'm just... I'm, I guess I don't understand, like, what the, the injury is at this point. Because he's coming out and do, It's not like he's coming out in jeans and, like, you know, just, un, like, managing or whatever, so... It's very frustrating booking. Like, extremely. That this is... You could... These are, I mean... Once the shows get going, it seems, because this is a pattern, then you can kind of differentiate, oh, that was this show, that was this show. This opening 30 minutes to 45 minutes of almost every single pay-per-view over the last four or five, you could interchange them and be the exact same fucking thing. There's no forward progression with these guys. And Nova, I'm sorry, he doesn't need a tag team partner. I don't think. This guy could have had a great singles career. He would have been a great opponent for Rob Van Dam. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's cool is also is neither one of us really in our notes mentioned shit about Simon Diamond and Jazz because they're like, what's the point? They're well, gone they, so early. Exactly. It, that's why there's really no mention is that they, their interaction carries them out of the match to the point where I just was wondering, why wasn't Chris Chetty just in the match to begin with? Like, why can't we just have a straight up thing to begin with? 
rather than have him do this run-in that becomes an extended run-in that might as well be like a part of the match at this point. But regardless, five out of ten, you know, I pretty much fairly close in agreement on this one. But let's head to the back. Jeff Jones cuts a promo on Spike Dudley on behalf of Awesome. But between Jones not talking that loud and the bad mixing, I honestly couldn't hear most of it. Awesome says that he knocks Spike's girlfriend's teeth down her fucking throat. Jesus. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, Especially knowing what we know now, it's a little scary. He, I mean, he goes Toontown on him. It, it looks, in, I mean, he, the eyes are coming out of his head. We go then to Spike Dudley, who shows... Do you like this? Yes, I, I love too. it. I love it because it's, it's him not acting like he's just the typical... Just, exactly. That's a perfect impression, by the way. Because he got the glasses. I love that he says, uh, that he says he's going to fucking hurt Mike Awesome. And that's what he says. I'm going to fucking hurt him. And they really make this... Like, for the first time in a while, in a while, it feels like they made a main event feel personal. Like, it's going to get... Yeah. It has a big fight feel to it, which is very strange. Yeah. Like for Spike Dudley. It's a minor so miracle that you pull off if you're able to do that with Spike Dudley. No yeah. offense to the guy, but it's just the way, you know, he's been, you know, he's kind of been in the past. And this all, is good booking. It's great. Especially when they show the replay footage of what led to this. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I forgot how devastating that, was that looked. Yeah. yeah. And also Spike is uh, one hell of a narcissist to want to date someone that looks just like him. It reminded me of Garth's girlfriend in Wayne's World 2. Yeah. It's the same thing. All right, so Tajiri comes out with Steve Carino, followed then by Super Crazy. This is some complicated shit we're about to get into. I'm sorry, just from a, a review standpoint, it's oh, for God's Carino gets on the I... mic and said he made Super Crazy Tajiri's partner tonight. Little Guido comes out and is pissed that he wasn't chosen by Carino. Heyman comes out, hey dickhead, and says that and says that Guido will have Jerry Lynn for a partner. Gets a little salty towards Big Sal as well. He drops an F-bomb on Sal, but calls Lynn the, whole, the new effing show. That's kind of weird. He says fuck to him, but he calls him the new effing show. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. Still funny. Is it like Cy- uh, Cyrus said, the talent is booking their own angles. <laughs> <laughs> Cyrus, Tajiri's face in this whole thing scary. is phenomenal. Where mm-hmm. he's just sitting there in the corner, and after all this shit, like, the camera is right on Tajiri, and he's just got his eyes kind of just closed, and he's just making one of those weird Tajiri faces, and Cyrus just goes, Tajiri looks unfazed by all of this. It was you know, fucking hilarious, because it was a clusterfuck. You were talking about minor miracles. I was constantly fascinated that nobody forgot who their partner was oh my while God. this match was going on. Because they're constantly fighting each other. There's, in every there's other actually show. a build of this, believe it or not. There's awesome. actually a goofy build of this. November 12th, ECW on TNN. Jerry Lynn defeated Steve Carino. After the match, Tajiri attacks Jerry Lynn. Later, Tajiri defeated Super Crazy. The next week on TNN, Jerry Lynn defeated Super Crazy. The week after that, Little Guido pinned Super Crazy. The week after that, <laughs> Super <laughs> Crazy <laughs> pinned uh, Ikudo Hadaka. Who? And then there's... Anti-fan? Yeah. Is that you? <laughs> Anti-fascist. <laughs> There's also footage of Steve Carino interrupting a Limp, Bis- a limp Biscuit concert. I bet the crowd loved that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Later, Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney attack Steve Carino on stage. So I guess they were there. Too. So that's a good time. I wonder if this is around the time. Remember, when did Kid Rock do the concert on Raw? He did do that, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I can't remember when. Well, right. was that, it was uh, sometime in 99, because... Jericho was the one who introduced them. Right, and Raw, the first one they did on Raw was Motley Crue, and that was late 98, so it was some point in 99. Okay. 
1210.99. Dusty Rhodes interrupts a Steve Carino and Jack Victory promo. This was this show was in Atlanta, so as Colin says, he thinks this is a Dusty's ECW debut. 1212 on Hardcore TV, Super Crazy defeated Super Kalo. Nice. Oh, he, he came in. He came in for a minute. On Christmas Eve, Super Crazy pinned Hikata. I'm sorry, Hidaka. Ugh, sorry. It was like oh, a- well, like we'd have known. Antifaz? Yep. And I then on, on New Year's <laughs> Eve, Tajiri pinned Super Crazy with a kick to the head and Brain Buster during the bout. It was noted the two would be part of a dream Fuck. team, a dream partner tag team match at Guilty as Charged. So they called this his dream partner tag thing. So I, it's just a mess, but... It's Super, a cool idea. Super Kolo hung around till the 2nd of, two, of uh, January because he got pinned by Little Guido. And that brings us up to this match. So a lot of guys just beating each other along the way. Why not throw them into a tag? Have a nice day. Yeah, we've done everything we can with these guys. Well, let's get the ones that are always fighting each other to team up with each other. We haven't tried that one yet. Right. That's kind of what it is. I think, Jason, you're up, so let's dig into this one. Um, The... I don't know. Like I was watching this and it was really exciting to see it. I liked it a lot. It's, it's just hard to put into words. Um, is I, I've wrote down one of my notes says Guido, take your chance to look really good because I think there was a lot more people behind him because he's in there fucking hitting the shit out of Tajiri. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. what was cool is the, the style contrasts when Jerry Lynn was in there with super crazy, it was a very Lucha, and high flying and then Tajiri and Guido get in there and it's a lot of grappling and just hard hitting. Um, it was really fun. Of course we get the, it's super crazy. You got to go jump off something. Um, but it was cool. I like how he got up there that the fans just lifted him up. Yeah. So, that's I mean, the best little, part. That's a little different. Like they, they, I mean, they just, they like all of these people. I, you know, out of all of them, I think Guido's the one that's the least over, but it's just more cause he's still just the, the least interesting of these four guys. Um, I can't stand it with the you fucked up chance. They happen a lot, especially cause it's hard to tell sometimes with good wrestlers, if they're fucking up or doing something to set something else up. Well, if Mike awesome is leading the champ, I'm just going to well, assume the guy messed the, the other guy messed up. Well, yeah, that, that, but I'm like in here, there was, I should have wrote down what happened, but, um, you know, it's really like they, they keep calling it out, but it is, it's really good teamwork for, for people that don't team up together. And, you know, then, of course, here comes the swerve. But, I mean, we get to talk about Dusty fucking Rhodes, man. So. Well, let's um, let's hit the finish of it, like, real quick. Cause that, I, I think the turning, the, 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 the swerve finish is, is, is awful. I think it's what kills this match for me. Uh, once honestly. again, I forgot who the partners were when this happened. Like, well, yeah, I, 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 I liked this match a lot more until this happened, unfortunately. Charlie, what do you have to add to it before we talk about this finish? Uh, the highlight for me was a call by Joey directed at Cyrus, where he said, I don't like the way you say foreigners. <laughs> it's, Sounds kind of hot-blooded. Yeah, you're cold I mean, as ice in your dialogue with me. Right. I, I didn't really care for this match. Uh, I, I, the best thing I have to say about it, Jerry Lynn looks awesome in those tights. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a nice change for him. Yeah, those, definitely. Those look great on him. Uh, Dusty Rhodes... Let's, let's get to the finish. Yeah, well, I'm just saying. I'm just, Jesus, man. Everyone wants to get to the dream here tonight. Well, that's the God best, damn. That's truly the best part. I know. I, I know. forgot. Well, it was the dream tag team match. I forgot it was this early for him to show up. So, and then, welcome to ECW. <laughs> yeah. Just shit on him. I, 
Jason, what, what what would you give this match? Um, I gave this match a six. Okay, well, I'm gonna go with a five. I gave it a five as well. So this this finish is just bonkers, though. So like, yeah, all of a sudden, this. like, all of a sudden, like, um, Jerry Lynn battles through a double team, but then Guido turns on him, and then Tajiri turns on Super Crazy, and then Tajiri hits a brainbuster for the win. So Tajiri and Super Crazy win, but just. Why would Guido attack Jerry Lynn? I have no That's idea. That's the part There's that no, I don't get. It makes no sense. So then let's talk about the Dusty thing. So afterwards, Carino gets on the mic while Lynn continues to take a beating and runs down Dusty Rhodes when, of course, Dusty appears and delivers the big elbow to everybody in sight. Rhino comes in and waffles Dusty, leading to a beatdown of Dusty until Road... Uh, until, like, everybody from the previous match shows up. Right. Road ki- like. And it just doesn't make any sense. Like, Roadkill, Doring, Nova, Dick, others, everyone just... Dick Hurts was there? I, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I, I, everyone shows up to fend off the attacks of Steve Carino. Like, what the fuck is this? So, Jason, I, you like this a lot. You, you're a big fan of Dusty coming out, right? Right. I mean, it's, it's Dusty, you know, for, and I forgot that we were going to get to talk to him, uh, talk about him. I thought he was in ECW, like, before we the pay-per-view era started. He's um, in one of the video games. Yeah, but uh, I like this. Also, I know with that big crowd pullout, I mean, I do kind of want to see um, Tajiri and Rhino versus ECW's lower mid-card because uh, I think that would just be fun. It'd be a great way to get rid of a lot of unnecessary characters. Um, it's just cool because this crowd is just immediately dusty. And when I think of ECW, though, I don't think of Dusty Rhodes. You know, it's like the, the exact opposite of... of what ECW is to me anyway, but it was great. Cause you just see this crowd They're in Alabama. So, you know, they're Georgia adjacent. So these people are, are very excited to see him. He comes out, just, just lays everything. I'm just excited to get to talk about. And then we get to talk about a full match coming up next month. Right. Okay. Let, let me, let me throw out a little scenario. Let's, let's see how we feel. Does about it involve this. new Jack in an AWA event? No, <laughs> <laughs> No. Um, that Vern would have gone for that. Because it isn't quite as bad as what I'm about to suggest, but it made me think of it. So imagine if Hulk Hogan came into ECW and just started delivering big boots and leg drops and people sold them in ECW. So Dusty Rhodes is just thrown his fucking fat-ass elbow out and everyone is selling it like it's fucking Crohn's disease. <laughs> <laughs> he elbows and they just shit themselves yeah, immediately. I'm like, wow. I'm sorry. Like, I mean, I love Dusty. I love the elbow, but there are just some things that just don't look right. And this, I mean, this is ECW, and I love that the fans are cheering for him. Like they're actually showing him respect. That's great. But you got a Carino, the oh not the oh no, the elbow, and then like now dropping the elbow from a standing position. Okay, like that's a fat guy. Like, I, 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 <laughs> That's gonna hurt. That's gonna hurt like hell. But to see the bionic elbow on the heads in ECW with the wrestlers overselling it. Imagine if Bruno Sammartino showed up. I'll give everyone the bear hug. I'll give everyone the bear hug. I wish I was in Madison Square Garden. Bear hug. The god. The god. Old school move. The only old school like '80s move that I would buy is Jake Roberts' DDT. I would buy that every single time. But the elbow? No. I'm sorry. Because it's. Bionic elbow, Charlie. Believe in it. <laughs> Clap your hands if you Luger's believe. Got the steel plate in the arm. Not. I mean, those, I mean, they 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 oversold it worse than the turnbuckles when George Animal Steel would eat them. Yes. 
<laughs> but I just well, it's done. Like my thing is it's it's dusty, and I don't care. It is a little hokey, but I mean, <laughs> right? It's it's just something I noticed. <laughs> Because we're about to get new Jack. So it's yeah. like, so what kind of world are we living what? in here? All right, real quick. Does anyone know, do we actually get, do we ever get Dusty versus new Jack? Because my God, what I want to see that match. <laughs> I'd like to see Dusty hit him with the elbow. See I'd happens. like to see Dusty take the vacuum to the balls. No, no, no. no. He puts I want to see Dusty jump off the balcony on new Jack. <laughs> he puts the stapler right under his elbow and does that. <laughs> take the elbow, baby. <laughs> oh, I'm going to eat a tray full of burritos and then jump off a balcony and shit on new Jack. I can't see how that doesn't get Oh. At some point. <laughs> Can you imagine if New Jack showed up at the Sportatorium, Sportatorium back? Oh, oh, oh with the Freebirds? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I would love to see just how angry people would get. Boo! It'd be the it one would... time I probably would root for New Jack. Yeah! I would root for Let's New Jack so much. Staples, one of the Von Erics. Why did we never, we never got the, the Django Unchained version of New Jack. That'd be awesome. Just him going around just taking on everybody in the Old West. With with his weapons now, mind you. Like, I want to see him take a staple gun to a guy in the Old West, just like... <laughs> Vacuum cleaner in the 1800s. Why not? Yo, Draw. you got a Hoover? Oh, I, got a, I got a pantomime first. Hold on. All right. But what's really great is not just do we get New Jack, we get a New Jack promo, oh which we haven't gotten I yet. I don't, I don't this not really. promo. Oh, there's one line that he has in this promo that's a doozy. <laughs> Can all right, I, yeah, I, I want. All right, I'm gonna let you guys do it. All right, can I say it? You go ahead, and then Jason, I want you to talk about this promo as well because you said you loved it. Yes, I did. Good. Go ahead, Charlie. I did not. However, the line "I feel bad for you because you stupid." <laughs> Murtaugh? <It was>, yeah, <laughs> it was the way he delivered it. I was like, "Yep, yeah, writing that one down." All right, that's it for me, Jason. Why do you love this promo? I love this promo because I believe every fucking oh. word of it. He is fantastic. Because at first I'm like, oh, Jesus, we're getting a New Jack promo. And then he starts telling the story about his friend who stabbed him. My favorite part is he he holds his hand out like this knife is a good foot long knife. It's like a 12-inch blade that he left stuck in his ass cheek for a week. And then he took it out and stabbed his friend. And now that didn't piss him off as bad as these baldies did. I thought it was hilarious. I mean, like. Like I, I look because it's it's New Jack. You know, we shit on this guy all the time, and his own words and actions that he puts up and stuff on YouTube, you kind of believe it. That's why it is like you know that's the best part of a promo is it makes you buy into someone. I bought into this. Now, what happens with the match? Not so much, right. but this promo, I fucking loved it. Forget it's the, the first time I've rooted. Oh huh? yeah, I was say forget the Django thing. Now, what I want to see, based on what you're saying, I want to see Django auditioning for the Actors Theater in New York with this promo. I want to see him auditioning in front of like De Niro, Pacino, Walken, all those You're dudes. Talking about New Jack. Yes. Okay. Yes. I want to see this. Where I got stabbed in the ass. <laughs> I want to see that. I want to see him go for it. Whoa, <laughs> New Jack. <laughs> Dial it down. <laughs> You're at a ten. <laughs> We're not even at second ten of this of this promo, <laughs> this monologue. Like First guys, of all, like that me. knife is a fucking foot long. Your ass is not that big. <laughs> ah. He's up there. He's got this. Oh, oh, talking about knife in his ass. Ah, hoo That'd be wow. Awesome. That would be so awesome. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, oh, that's it. Okay. So what's this all leading to? It's leading to a king of the street match. 
<laughs> basically just another New Jack match. Right. Angel taking on New Jack. And no, it's not it's not Warren Worthington the third here, folks. It is Angel from <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to that's fucked up, man. I'd wanna yeah, I wanna see Ben Foster, you know, to oh. roll in. Oh. Here we go. So let's talk about how we got to this point. <laughs> oh, no. November twelfth, Debaldi's attack. <laughs> Just saying it. Attack Balls and Axel during a promo. The next week, Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney defeated Vito Lagrasso and PN News when Rotten pinned Lagrasso in a losers leave ECW match. See your ass later, Grizzly Adams or whatever his name was. Uh, November 26th, ECW on TNN, DeBaldi's attacked New Jack on a subway. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> New, New Jack had been cutting a promo. Oh, God, I want to see this. New Jack had been cutting a promo and looking for the street gang throughout the episode. In the streets? Uh-oh. <laughs> Through the dawn of time, we came. <laughs> um, November 28th, no, uh, Hardcore TV. Tony DeVito and Angel defeated Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. Uh, December 17th, New Jack pinned Tony DeVito. January 2nd, Tony DeVito, Vic Grimes, and Angel defeated New Jack and Balls Mahoney in a handicap match when Angel pinned Balls <laughs> after using a staple gun to his face. After the match, <laughs> after the match, Balls was attended to in the ring. <laughs> um... Uh, Colin notes here, I don't know when Vic Grimes joined the Baldies, but you may remember his very short stint in the WWF as Draws' drug dealer named Key. That is a deep, deep attitude Draws era had, cut. Uh, yes, yeah, I, for a minute. You ain't going to catch this on any other podcast, no matter how much you pay per month to get their extra content. You're not going to hear about Key anytime soon. So yeah, that's, push it. that's Colin for you, pal. All right. So... To answer your question, <laughs> to answer your question, does Devito have a pizza cutter around his neck? Yeah, oh, of course. <laughs> Wouldn't you, Charlie? Are you up, or is it Jason? I forget who's up next. Uh, that would be me. Awesome! I've been sw- swimming in Can't raw sewage. Can't wait. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> this is just fucking awful. Um, you know. Does New Jack always get to come out second? Like, what, what would happen if he came out first? Like, I would actually make that a stipulation if I was fighting him. The music would have to fucking stop. <laughs> I mean, he has precedence over champions for coming out second. Uh, New Jack was a bounty hunter. Is that right? <laughs> Did you catch that? That's yeah. There are a couple lines. I bet in he this still man. is. What? Um, dude, the move of the fucking match. I don't think it was supposed to be a brain buster. But it was a brain buster <laughs> to Vic Grimes on the concrete. And I thought Vic Grimes, I was like, he's done. He's done. New Jack must really fucking hate him. Because he was, he's able to get him on that table right after the brain buster and proceed to jump through him. <laughs> uh, that's it for him. But in typical New Jack fashion, <laughs> massive domination through the entire match. And then he gets waffled with a shovel and bend. <laughs> Can you imagine if he took on the guy from Home Alone? What? With a what, what, what? Oh, South Bend Shovel Slayer? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he's just trying to see his granddaughter. I'm sorry, the, the line of the match is Jim Molyneux is the referee for this, the unfortunate bastard. <laughs> I give this... 
a solid one out of ten. Okay. Jason, pick it up, man. What you got here for this mess? Um, I didn't like how New Jack in his promos talking about he's going to kill this guy. Yep. And then he comes out and he's still pantomiming his bullshit. Um, you know, it's just, I don't know. It just, it doesn't mix well. Um, I like how when New Jack goes for his obligatory, I'm going to jump off some shit spot. The big video game banners right there yeah. and even the banner didn't want to be involved in <laughs> no, it. the banner did it's a great call <laughs> i'm not a part of this oh he's like uh-uh, i gotta go um i like how they're like get those thirty thousand dollar cameras away from new jack mm. <laughs> it's like cyrus you're getting a little close bud <laughs> jason on that and note i wrote i might i've this is definitely a misspelling but it maybe it's sort of sort of fit new jack dies off the camera area <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> this, I don't know. That that Grimes dude is big. I don't believe that he's 400 pounds, like they keep saying. Because as soon as they said that, I'm like, I found myself staring at, at this dude a lot going, that, that guy can't be 400 pounds. I mean, this is the um, same guy that he tosses off the scaffold. Yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. the same guy yeah. that he almost killed. Legitimately. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, see? That's it just ruins everything. So that, oh no, um, makes it like, better. That brain buster. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the it's like you said. He just it's New Jack kicks everyone's ass. He's fucking a Terminator, and then it's just like, oh, here's a shovel. I thought for a bit, it's like this dude's just gonna cut his head off with that motherfucking shovel. That's how you That's beat New Jack. He's, yeah, a he's a Highlander. Yep, nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Make him dig it his own be, grave. It could be only one. Just imagine watching the Highlander, and instead of Queen doing the soundtrack, it's nothing but Natural Born Killers and, for two and, hours. And Connor McLeod is New Jack. So you have New Jack in 1500 Scotland. There could be only one. Everyone else is going to kill themselves. <laughs> find out New Jack's a, high, a fucking immortal. No, My, I'm, I'm not making it to the gathering. So <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I gave a piece ahead. of shit. Two out of ten. I gave it a two as well. And so, you guys overrated it. I, yes, clearly. <laughs> yes. No, because I knew how much fun we were going to have shitting on this match, so that's what yeah. gives it the one extra point. I, Charlie, I wrote about the, I wrote about the movie you're talking about, the Brain Buster. I said Grimes eats a terrible duplex. <laughs> movie sucks. I know. <laughs> Remember the front cover? Yeah. It's just them sitting on the fucking front porch just... Yeah. Three I, bucks. You want to rent it? Uh, I remember I knew somebody <laughs> going into that movie and I was like, how is it? It's terrible. And they went in and saw it and they came out they did this. They went... They gave me the little thumbs up that turned... Like the, oh, they, they, oh. they tried to tease it for me and then like turned it... And I was like, just, just walk away. <laughs> just walk away before I get New Jack to children a menu. All right. <laughs> so Julian or kills her. All right. So Fonzie says, or we go to the back. We got Fonzie um, kind of doing an interesting uh, double dose of promo work here. Says he's caught in the middle of the night. He this goes cool. in. Yeah. He goes in to see RVD. Yeah. See if he wants to cut a promo. RVD's just having a good time. Does he have water on his shirt? Yeah. <laughs> <That's what's... laughs> Can't have that. Then we go to Sabu for a promo. Find Fonzie. I Anyone else dead? Fonzie kind of. Oof. Kind of, oh, fuck, like Charlie. Fonzie like kind of ruins both these problems. <laughs> They're both really? Like, yeah. His mere presence. Yeah, it, we, we need a more Ticho version of uh, Fonzie versus this, I think. Anyway. I like this. I did, I did too. I did too. 
Well, I like the RVD part more than Sabu. I didn't think he dialed it down enough to uh, yeah. do the Sabu part. So let's get into this uh, interesting matchup here. Finally, it's been a while. Do you remember how long it's been since these guys wrestled each other? Two years. It's about that. It was Russell Palooza '98 that we had that we had this um, that we had a stalemate of a match between RVD. Who won that? It was a draw. It was that goofy, or it was that goofy draw, I think. Right? Or no, no. Was that right? Was that the one where like they never... time limit? Yeah, they didn't actually. Oh, have... the time limit that just miraculously appeared in ECW with the bionic elbows. Yeah. <laughs> and the atomic leg drops. <laughs> Crohn's disease. Crohn's disease. <laughs> <laughs> Sabu is taking on the world television champion, Rob Van Dam. So. Let's talk about how we got here. November 14th, Rob Van Dam retained the title against Little Guido. November 26th, Sabu attacked C.W. Anderson during a TV championship match with RVD and takes his place in the match. RVD beats Sabu by TKO. I take it he did the TKO. Mark Maros. What's the Mark Maros move? <laughs> during the match, Candido and Rhino attacked Sabu and RVD. <laughs> Doing the Austin over there. Killing that gimmick. <laughs> uh, t- December 5th, Hardcore TV, RVD beat... Uganda, the entire country, to retain the TV championship. <laughs> December 12th. <laughs> Kamala, his yep. other gimmick? Yep. Okay. Yep. Uganda. The Kamalan <laughs> giant Uganda. <laughs> Hardcore TV, RVD beat Tracy Smothers, retain the belt. Sabu attacked RVD after the match. <laughs> December 17th. Super Colode, Tom, Mar- Tom Marquez and... Uh, Hidaka fought to a no contest and elimination match when Sabu comes out and attacks all three men. <laughs> December 26th, Hardcore TV, RVD beat Mikey Whipwreck. Smothers and Tommy Rich attacked RVD after the match until Sabu made the save, and then Sabu promptly attacked RVD. So Smothers and Tommy Rich are still just hanging around? I remember, we saw, did, is it, I can't remember if it's here or his last show. We saw them. We saw, well, we saw Tommy Rich. I can't remember. I think it was, I think it was anarchy yeah i don't but it doesn't appear like we don't see them on this show like they're not working any matches so i wouldn't be surprised if guys got brought in for a couple tv tapings or whatever so let's talk this one here so um jason let her rip man this is uh this is a good one yes uh i loved Franzi's promo before because it Hey, Van Dam, want to cut a promo? It's 420, Daddy. Smells great in here. Let's open a window and air this place out. That shit is money. I'm sorry. It's funny as crap. It it does a good job to show the, the difference between Rob Van Dam and Sabu right before you get this thing kickstarted. And was it just me or does Cyrus say, fuck it, Pauly? Like, like he's talking to somebody and doesn't realize his mic's on. I think I heard um, that too. I yeah, I wrote that down. I di- I didn't understand. I I didn't go back and replay it. But yeah, cuz I was just trying to check it out cuz it is. This one was another one of those the I mean, I'm glad we have them, but the audio mixing is really bad. Um I like that, you know, Van Dam goes face first in that fucking rail. Mm. And that looks like that. Now, that's a dude wrestling with a broken jaw. <laughs> yeah. Um that I didn't like that. I mean, I liked the Fonzie working with both guys through the whole match. Um, I mean, he even brought out two water bottles for God's sakes. So, you right know, down the wa- middle he is, he's wanting, he, and they're playing it like he's being kind of sinister. He's just like, this is a dude that, I mean, yes, he's got to look out for himself, but 
I mean, he's not like over cheating one or the other. He's he's being even because they go, why is he helping Sabu set up the table? But he's helping Rob Van Dam do this at, at some point. He brings Rob Van Dam a chair. He brings Sabu a chair at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of just good stuff. It's not the typical Woo, who's this manager going to screw over. Um, I mean, this is a fucking beast of a match. This is literally like, you know, you're you're you've been on top for this long. I'm going to kick your ass. You're still going to be there, but I'm going to make you regret it, especially with the stipulation that Sabu put in that if I leave, he's leaving ECW or lose. He's leaving ECW. Right. Um. I like the chair dodge uh, at some point where the, I can't remember if think is setting up for a, a Van Daminator and Sabu just is the first person ever to go, uh-uh, I'm not holding the chair and just ducks, yeah. which is kind of good. Yeah. Um, there's, there's that, that running Van Daminator was fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, that was really, really good. I gave this a eight and a half. Okay. Eight and a half. Charles? Yeah, so uh, I ordered this pay-per-view when it, when it you know, came on live. This was the first time I really thought Rob Van Dam was going to lose the title. Oh, yeah? Oh, I absolutely thought Sabu was going to win this. Um, there is... Huh, so I guess Sonya is the only female that can attend an ECW show and not get a show your tits chant. She <laughs> also looks like she's 17, Charlie. Yeah. That's the thing I was like, that's... Because I had never, I had heard of her because I think only recently they split up. That's right. I'd never seen her. And when they mm-hmm. finally showed her, I was like, I don't know how old she is. But by the looks of her, like, I, if I were something, I wouldn't be chanting that at all. I'd look like an asshole. Well, yeah. And but it's RV. But, and but it, then you're assuming ECW fans have more. I think it's, do you think it has to do with the fact it's RVD and they're like, of course, uh, of RV. course. Okay. All yeah, right. they're not going to disrespect our, our Rob Van and they love him. Yeah. Um, they're so. Man, there is a spot that looks so damn dangerous. And even when I saw it as a kid, I was I was worried. Sabu sets up the table on the two guardrails. Oh God! And I mean, I'm worried about Sabu because where he lands, like on his chest, it's like his sternum looks like it's cracked. Sternum. There is no give whatsoever. Rob Van Dam, I'm sure his, you know, his part of it was fine. But my God, that's bad. Uh, Sabu, he he does this move a lot. This was, I think it looks better here than it's ever looked. It's when he does the triple jump leg drop. Yeah. Oh, man. And maybe it's RVD selling, but love that. Jason pointed it out. I love the fake-out Van Daminator where he ducks, but Robin Nam just waits. You know, Robin Nam's getting used to people, you know, fucking up his finisher. So he just waits and then kicks it right in his face. I do love that Rob Van Dam Van Daminator's Bill Alfonso. Yeah. And it looks awesome. Because it looks so good. I get what he was doing. Like, what they were doing with Fonzie. Right. It got really annoying real fast, though. Like, mm-hmm. even though I get it, he was favoring both guys. That's why, but the thing that made up for it was he just fucking knocks him out. Like, well, because Rob Van Dam, Cyrus says it on a few shows uh, where Joey Styles is making some comment about Bill Alfonso and, and how he contributes, and Cyrus will say something like, but that's exactly my point. Rob Van Dam doesn't need uh, Bill Alfonso. And he doesn't. And he, and he shows it right there. And... God, that five star frog splash. Which I've all, it's one, it, these are my favorite five stars where I'm looking at the angle just thinking, oh, yeah, this, he can't make that. There's no way. And he makes it and then some. It's great. It's a good finish. Really good match. And like I said, it was a surprise to me that Robin M won the match. And Sabu took it. I believe Sabu shook his hand at yeah. the end. Well, it's and then weird. Walked out. It he is flipped weird. him off. Yeah. And then he flipped him off. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'd give this uh, I'd give this probably a seven and a half. Okay. Yeah. I'll give it a ten. <laughs> you did, didn't you? You son of a bitch. You did. I cause I You did, you really did? I did. Oh no. Whoa. I mean, I, I'm sorry, like uh, Billy, we gotta talk. <laughs> I mean it's it's so stiff and yeah. it looks like it's two guys like what I enjoy is like like and I think maybe the reason I overrated it is because I was thinking because I just finished watching the other pay-per-view. And you saw what happened with Taz where it's like you felt like there was more stuff they could have done and they didn't do it. These guys went all out. I, I don't know what else they had left to do. They were doing things that looked so dangerous. That my favorite split-legged moonsault is in this match, simply because of the way Rob Van Dam's body contorts in the air. Where yeah. he almost looks like a botch, but he saves it right at the end. Oh, it's so cool. And this goes back to like that kind of chemistry, like certain guys trust each other. Like these guys just hit the shit out of each other and they're fine with it. Totally fine with it. Um Doesn't the ref get knocked out? For no reason whatsoever at some point in this match. Yeah, I forget what he eats. I think it's Sabu jumping off the second rope and going for a back leg drop in the air. And Robin Am ducks. Oh, yeah. And he hits, uh, I think it's Pee Wee. But it, it doesn't really do anything. He's up in 15 seconds. So Because um, they mention how tough he is. Right. Well, I mean, if, <laughs> I won't say anything. So you brought up a good point. So now like they, they really, what they're selling here at the end here is, you know, where does Sabu go from here? It's interesting you say that. Because on March 4th, 2000, um, ECW returned to the ECW Arena in South Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This would be Sabu's last night with the company. Although the fans in the arena would never see him. Sabu would try to jump to WCW in February of 2000. And WCW.com even posted a picture of Sabu on their website with a story about his impending return. Because he was there briefly in 95. However, ECW owner Paul Heyman had a valid contract with Sabu, which Sabu felt had been breached, and Heyman enforced that contract with Sabu. Sabu returned to ECW, and for legal reasons, Paul Heyman had all communication with Sabu, even finishes for matches written out and given to him. When Sabu arrived at the ECW arena, he was given a match where he would lose in a three-way bout with Super Crazy and C.W. Anderson, with Super Crazy winning. Sabu, without saying anything to Heyman, took his bags and left, along with his friend and referee John Pee Wee Moore. Oh, man. Sabu would never be seen in the original ECW again. Sabu didn't do much of anything until debuting in TNA in 2002, and then on to WWE, CW. So this is it. Oh, shit. So we're saying bye to Sabu? That's it. Wow. I didn't know that. No. <clears throat> so I just went, because I think... Taz's eggs kind of spoke for itself. What all we talked about with him and the Dudleys. Uh, Sabu was such a fun part of this season. Shit, I man, loved. Because I, I had not been exposed to a lot of Sabu. I knew who he was. I knew a lot of the, a, a lot of the, you know, the moveset, a couple of the, the legendary matches. But seeing a lot of the stuff, the whole package of it, like, he was um, unbelievably entertaining. The I've greatest met, sloppy wrestler of all time. He just threw himself. He threw yeah. himself into every match. So it, it, what Fonzie's promo last month, it, it did ring true to an extent because I've never seen anyone just like so recklessly throw themselves. He it, never phoned you know, it in. No. Ever. Ne I mean, even the Candido match, it's kind of a tepid match, but, but it's all, still it's okay. Good. So do you guys have any final thoughts for Sabu? Jason, like start off, do you have any final thoughts on Sabu and what you thought of him in this season? It was fun to watch. It's like, you know, you said he's the greatest sloppy wrestler of all time um, because the botches that he have, they just work. 
because this guy's just, I mean, he's using his body as cliche as a complete weapon. And so he just keeps getting up and keeps coming after you. He's going to hurt himself a lot more than you can hurt him. Um, the, the whole mystique, the whole package was a really good thing. Uh, you know, it, I hate that when he, you know, W W E C W was such a watered down thing because this guy getting a lot more attention could have been a good thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I just, I don't see, I don't see 75% of the roster taking half a shit, but you know, um, that still could have been fun. I, you know, I'm going to miss him because we're not going to have some of these just wild man, crazy ass matches that he brought. Charlie, you watch a lot more VCW than I did. So you saw a lot more Sabu. Oh, yeah. So what's the comparison coming into this and then going through it? I still love the guy. Yeah. I, like Jason said, the botches are actually a part of the character. Like if he botched, I, I wouldn't be like, Oh, Sabu, come on. It'd be like, that's Sabu. I mean, you take it, you take it or leave it. Um, I love the guy. Uh, he's, like, so, <clears throat> at, remember the toy line, the ECW toy line. His moves were some of the most fun to recreate because he did shit. The triple jump moonsault, uh, introducing tables into mainstream uh, American wrestling. Uh, he did that. And Paul Heyman said that. He's, he doesn't get the credit for it. So Vince McMahon is probably right. If Sabu had just learned to talk, because... He had some high-profile WWE matches, something I never thought Sabu would have, because I thought Sabu was way too niche to get that kind of positioning. But, I mean, just look at the scars on his, on his body. I mean, that, that guy is... <laughs> it's, it's hard to sum up Sabu, uh, other than to say that he's, he's one of the best. In terms of hardcore wrestlers, Terry Funk, Mick Foley, Sabu. I mean, that's who I think of. It sounds like the start of a joke. They all, no, they all well, walk into no, a bar. that'd be a bad joke. But now, now that I've even been thinking of it, this Rob Van Dam Sabu match, I remember loving so many of the spots in this match. I, I would recreate these with the toy lines. Yeah. Like, like certain moves from this very specific match. Because it's a great match. So, yeah. And I didn't even realize this was the last time we'll see him probably until I think it's One Night Stand. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll miss the hell out of him. I mean, look at, look at ECW. It's completely changing. Yeah, you know, we lost Taz and Sabu. Yeah, within the span of two months. And like we said, we know Rob Van Dam sadly is going to get injured at some point, and right. he won't be here. So it's like going to leave us with a very interesting ECW. Yeah, that's why I'm. I'm we'll see. We're right. close. I know that. We get the Impact players cutting a promo on their match that's going to be going on about next, actually, for about the ECW. Next. <laughs> about next for the ECW <laughs> tag team titles that they'll be taking on the reluctant combination of Tommy Dreamer and Raven. There is an in- You want to talk about a story to get to this point. Oh Tommy, Dream- uh, Tommy Dreamer and Raven. Okay, so as Rhino versus the Sandman didn't happen, a lot of their interactions ca- uh, continued on from the November to rem- Remember Six Man. So he went, uh, Colin went and included, him in, included them in here. Sandman, of course, got injured. No surprise there that the Sandman was injured <laughs> based on how he was throwing himself around at <laughs> the top rope powerbomb. I'm not surprised. <laughs> All right, November 12th, Sandman fought Rhino to a no contest. Just incredible attack. Sandman, Dreamer made the save, but gets beat down as well before Raven saves Sandman and Dreamer. November 19th, after a promo, Tammy Lynn starts talking to Rhino. Later, Dreamer and Raven defeated Chris Candido and Rhino, and Dreamer pinned Candido. After the match, Rhino, Carino, and Victory attack Dreamer and Raven. Sandman makes the save. November 26th, Lance Storm, uh, Just Incredible, and Rhino defeated Sandman. And the ECW Tag Team Champions, Dreamer and Raven, when Credible pinned Raven. So we had a, that was a rematch from the previous pay-per-view. 
December 3rd, Sandman pinned Raven. Nine minutes and eight seconds. Jesus. That would have been an interesting... It's a long Sandman match. Would have been, yes. Tommy Dreamer was the guest referee for the bout. Candido and Rhino attacked both men, but I don't know if this is during or after the match. Uh, December 10th, promo by Tommy Dreamer trying to calm down Raven and stop him from beating his head against the cabinet. December 10th, as well, Just Incredible pinned the Sandman after the match. Impact players destroyed Dreamer and Sandman. December 12th, Hardcore TV highlights of Raven attacking Tom Marquez and Taco. All right. <laughs> That's <laughs> hardcore. December 17th, Impact players beat Rhino and Candido in a number one contenders match. Incredible pinned Candido. After the match, Sandman comes out to attack the Impact players. Christmas Eve, Tommy Dreamer and Raven fought Vic Grimes and Angel to a no contest. When uh, before the match, his Dreamer attended attended to a fight on the floor between one of the Baldies and a fan. The Impact players assaulted Raven. In a, assaulted. <laughs> is this when they crucify him on TNN? Assaulted Raven in the aisle as the Baldies attacked Dreamer at ringside. The Impact players crucify Raven on the ECW on TNN awesome. sign and hit him with a cane. <laughs> New Year's Eve, after beating Mikey Whipwreck, Raven is attacked by the Impact players until Dreamer makes the save. And finally, on January 7th, Just Incredible beat Tommy Dreamer in a Stairway to Hell match. Dreamer climbed the ladder to get the cane, but after interference from Jason, Lance Storm, and Raven, Credible hit the That's Incredible for the win. The biggest pop of the match was when Don Marie and Francine had their catfight. Every single fucking match has a catfight between them. Yes, it does. Everyone. In- including this one. Okay. Yep. Charlie, why don't you... You know what part made me want to fucking throw up? Like, because <laughs> I saw it coming and I was like, do it. I fucking dare you. So Tommy Dreamer and Raven have Credible and Storm out on the ramp. Tommy throws Credible. And he just stares and waits for Raven to throw Lance Storm off the, the, uh, the ramp. Oh. <laughs> You know what you know what I'm thinking. I'm like, here it comes. He throws Storm off. He's waiting to make eye contact with Raven. Just so that he can get him to do his stupid fucking ECW with the cross arm thing. Ah, oh, I hate this. I hate it so much. Uh, imagine how stupid it would be if Ric Flair did something like that and then yelled, Woo! WCW <laughs> Saying the name of the company. I, I I don't, I mean, I get it, but Tommy Dreamer's shtick, like, this has been the one truly negative thing about going through this season that I, I, makes me almost wish we hadn't done it, because I don't like Tommy Dreamer at all anymore. I'm tired of him and his bullshit and his losing, but there is one thing in this match. There is one thing that makes it all worth it, and it was, you know what I'm talking about, the hot tag. Which, I was explaining it to you on the phone without realizing that it was going to be on this pay-per-view. Because it was so memorably funny to see him crawl along like he's fucking Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. And then... And and to see him fall down, Raven look at him, consider his options, and then just decide to tag Tommy Dreamer, who's on the outside of the ring... But what the hell, it's ECW. Raven comes in and starts cleaning house. Oh, I hate this. The match is okay. But it's just... I was waiting for that part. <laughs> you were. The match really isn't that bad because I honestly didn't remember who won this. 
But all I wanted was for Impact players to win the title. Because I love they deserve Just them. Incredible and Lance Storm. They are so good together. Um, and it has this match actually has a great ending. The timing's a little weird, but it's not like Chris Candido jumping on the table weird from last time. Yeah. Uh, Raven sacrifices himself to get the cane in the face. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. And Just Incredible gives him that's incredible. It's a great finish. Uh, and so we have new tag team champions. It's just t- Tommy Dreamer. <sighs> he needs to go away for a while. I- I'm I'm tired of this, man. I, I don't really... think we're gonna see that though. No, <laughs> no. He'll he'll be there to cry and and sh- remind me of what wrestling promotion I'm watching every single time. <laughs> Get Raven to do it. You could tell Raven was phoning that one in. Yeah, he's, he's Pearl Jam. Yeah. Jason, do you have um? Do you have anything to add to that? I don't know how you can follow that. No, I'm um, sorry. I don't either. No, it's okay. It's your show. Um, the uh, the match itself was pretty good up until the cat fight. It's just another. It's like why? Just let's have one without it, just yeah. to see what it's like. I mean, no one. It's you know, like it's so much of it. And the the constant let's get the the promoting the upskirt shots on the website is a little sketchy too. It's like, hey guys, you want to come to ECW, read about some wrestling, and then beat off? Come to That's ECW. a questionable That's... business practice. I'll give you that. Yeah, I mean, it's like, oh hey, um, and still Francine with you know the skeleton with the biggest boobs I've ever seen. Um, just give that poor woman a sandwich. She looks like Will when Will won his world championship. That was the Low Country belt. I was only representing a small area of hey, South the Carolina. Low country. Yeah, that's the it. world. Buddy. Georgetown? Your world. Nope. <laughs> no one represents Georgetown. <laughs> Sorry. But, but kind of like what Charles said is watching ECW like this, uh, and in such capacity, does really make you start to look at things in a different way. And now I'm watching this going. How is Tommy Dreamer the face of ECW? Good question. Is ECW, is, is ECW always losing? I mean, uh, it's, it's... In a way, yes. Well... I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's always getting screwed. Right. Tommy's always getting screwed over. He's making bad decisions. Just all this stuff. And it is. It's like, you know, at first you're like, yeah, this guy, he's he's just the heart. He doesn't have the wrestling skills. And then you're just like, just go. You know, just go away. Like, try to go away for a little bit. Take two months off. Quit telling us about your herniated disc and that oh. you'll never stop wrestling and and all this stuff. Please, I want to, we we uh, do it for yeah. the fans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's an old one. Uh-huh. I learned that in a while. Yeah, look at that. Well, if but you, yeah, go ahead, Charlie. I was gonna say, if you believe what the what the internet tells you, Tommy Dreamer basically sounds like the number two man in all of the company. Uh, like it sounds like it goes Paul Heyman, Tommy Dreamer, Joey Styles. Like Tommy Dreamer did a lot of the work that Paul Heyman couldn't do. So I I get that, and that's great. But Tommy Dreamer, he was one of those wrestlers that you hear about every now and then who never wanted to win. He never wanted to win. He never wanted to win the title. But here's the problem. you got to win something. You, know, you can't be a loser the entire time you're wrestling. Right, because eventually we're on. Why the, would we, I care? Exactly. Why do you care? Yeah, exactly. What did you rate it, though? What did everybody rate it? I give it a five. I gave this a four. Wow. I liked it more than... Will, I swear to God. <laughs> but I, I have a reason. Will, I have a reason. You have a reason why. for giving it a two, I hope? <laughs> I gave it an eight. A 12. I gave it an eight, and here's why. Because 
um, impact players. This was, I, I gave it to them because it's a. I gave it to them because it's their moment. They finally get the belts. They've deserved it's the belts. Three belt. seconds. I, it's the match is fifteen minutes. Matt, like the dreamer stuff, notwithstanding, like it's most of the match. The hot tag spot. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's pretty fucking rough. atrocious. <laughs> but like I said, I'm, and I agree with you. I'm happy for them. I am so happy the Impact players have the belts. They do. They definitely deserve them. An eight. Huh? An eight. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So Justin Credible has pinned Sandman, mm-hmm. Sabu, Tommy Dreamer. He got the pin on Raven. I mean, yeah. no. How is he not Great. fighting for the world title yet? Right. Well, yeah. that comes this year, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Okay. All right. So. We have a here's a return to the podcast. Stephen Prazak runs down Carino in the parking lot, confronts him about attacking Dusty Rhodes. Rhino says he can speak for himself, and he's got his sights set on the ECW World Title. It's a good moment for him. It's good to see him starting to become the Rhino. We've right, but didn't he just get here? Yeah. And didn't he just fight for the title according to Colin? Yes, and got beaten less than five minutes. And yet he's coming for it again, but this time he's for real. Of course. Because ECW, right. We go back to Joey and Cyrus and see footage of Mike Awesome hitting the clothesline on Spike's girlfriend that knocked out her teeth. And that sets us up for our main event. So let's let's go to Colin's notes here for a moment. Um, November 14th, Mike Awesome defeated Taz to retain the world title. This match was taped a week before November to remember. December 12th, or I'm sorry, December 10th, Spike beat uh, the entire nation of Uganda at around the 23-second mark. Mike Awesome also defended the world championship against Two Cold Scorpio. Oh, he came. He got back. a title match. Yes, he did. Every, see everybody. Everybody. Everybody gets a title. Match. Oprah gets a title match. December seventeenth, Mike Awesome beat Vic Grimes after the match. Awesome calls out Spike, who hits Awesome with an acid drop. Christmas Eve, Cyrus introduced Masato Tanaka sitting in the crowd, informing us he would challenge Mike Awesome for the world championship next week. Judge Jeff Jones then appeared and said any man wanting a title shot against Austin would have to go through him, with Spike Dudley then appearing and dropping Jones with the acid drop. Awesome then appeared, press slammed Spike onto Tanaka in the front row and dared Tanaka to fight him then and there. Tanaka and Austin began brawling until it was broken up by security and Paul Heyman. Still, on December 24th, Christmas Eve, Masato Tanaka pinned ECW world champion Mike Awesome to win the title in an, um, an impromptu match with a roaring elbow at around the 17-minute mark. Late in the match, several wrestlers joined Heyman in watching the match from the aisle. Oh, not this shit again. Yep. After the bout, Awesome shook the new champion's hands, strapped the belt around his waist, and raised his hand in victory before hitting him with a clothesline and a running Awesome bomb from the ring through a table that set up, uh, set up on the floor. Moments later, the wrestlers in the aisle, including Jerry Lynn and Super Colo, <laughs> surrounded Tanaka as Awesome shouted down at the new champion. Backstage segment in which Awesome pinned Cyrus, uh, pinned Cyrus against Cyrus's dressing room wall oh. regarding his title loss, and then went on a rampage to find Tanaka before their title rematch the following week. Jones and Awesome barge into a dressing room, with Awesome then confronting Louie dangerously, believing it to be Paul Heyman. Moments later, Jones told Dangerously that Jones was the reason for Awesome's success, with Awesome pinning Jones against the wall. Charlie, after what you told me, it just seems like a pattern here. Uh, oh, Christmas and wall. Yeah, oh, New uh, New Year's Eve. Mike Awesome with Judge Jeff Jones pinned ECW World Champion Masato Tanaka 
to win the belt at the 11.49 mark with a sit-out powerbomb off the top rope. After the belt, Spike Dudley ran out and attempted to hit the acid drop, only to be double-teamed by Awesome and Jones. Moments later, Spike's, Spike's fan... Spike's, Anti-fan? Spike's fan hit the acid drop on Jones with Awesome, then dropping her... Oh, it must be, is this must be his, his girl... This is his girlfriend. He's then, dating a fan? I guess. What's well, inductor? Well, they inducted him. <laughs> I knew it! <laughs> Jones, uh, okay, then dropping her with a clothesline, causing her to cough up blood. As the girl was helped out, Spike went after Awesome, only for Awesome to throw him out to the floor. So, wow, that was a lot going on there. We had a title change and a change back. And All right, Jason, what do we, uh, what do you think about this one here, pal? Lots of tables. All the tables. Um, Nacho Guy is impressed with how many tables they brought out here. Ten seconds into the match, Spike goes through the table. Thirty seconds into the match, he's gone through three tables. Um, Like, it's just so much. But besides that little bit of repetitiveness, this thing is brutal to both guys. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't get the the taker spot where taker beats the shit out of somebody back when he was booger red and then would like lift him up and go, no, no, we ain't ending that. No, it's just uh, Mike awesome. Couldn't keep spike down for a large part of this. And then when spike started getting into it with him, it was, it was crazy. The, uh, just, I don't know the standing on the guardrail and jumping up and coming down across Mike Awesome's back while he was draped across it with the chair. That looked like that's probably the worst thing he did. Is it seemed like it hurt really bad. Um, then Billy Gundertaker, if you're not down with that, get out of my yard. Go ahead. Oh, I guess. Um, but I mean, the, both of these guys, when this match was done, they both looked like like higher profile people than when they went in. Because mm. Mike Awesome looked like a fucking god throwing around Spike like he was doing, and Spike just looked like he he took everything up until just it. You know, he reached that that breaking point. I gave this a seven. Charlie, what you gotta say? I know you like this match. You said it before we even oh, started I don't, the this podcast. I don't like this match. I love this match. This match is so fucking good. Usually, I'd be a little upset with uh, the overuse of tables, but the way it's done here is so good. Like Spike gets thrown through a table almost immediately, and Cyrus goes, "Oh, that, that match was quick." Because it's literally a gorilla press over the top through a table. Then Spike comes back in and Awesome throws him through two stack tables. Spike tries to do an acid drop. No, fuck you. Throws him through another table. Uh, Mike Awesome. And Spike too, but really it's Mike Awesome. He looks just dominant in this match. Those clotheslines are sick. I mean, this is a stiff as hell match. And it works... Spike does an acid drop where he drops Mike Awesome over the guardrail. Yeah. Like, this is brutal. But, but, but not in a way that really turns my stomach, I guess. Like, it, it, it looks fine. The finish of the match is perfect. An awesome bomb off the top rope through a table, which we had seen before, like when he beat Tanaka for the title at Anarchy Rules. But the way Spike goes through it is just unbelievable and spike it truly looks like for a moment that he could have won this match because he i believe he delivers an acid drop through the table on the outside another table Uh, i love 
I love this match. I don't think there's any interference whatsoever. I think these guys just go right on at it. And boy, and you, I remember even what, like watching this live. How is this going to close the show? Yeah. Like Spike and Mike Awesome. It's the best match on the card, as far as I'm concerned. Easily. I, I, yeah, easily. I'd give this, oh boy. Oh, man. 8.5. Okay, cool. Um, oh, no. Um, Derek, I gave it a two. This is. <laughs> this is this is the match where awesome does the spill that you're talking about where he slips it's dangerous oh no it looks scary as hell right yeah. oh this is the one where he does Could that broke his tailbone this is also the one where um uh i oh, it's such a good spot it's when spike's knee looks like it's given out. he tries to dive through the ropes the fuck and, up and and then and then awesome leads the chant which makes it even better <laughs> just so much it's just so funny but um yeah, it, it's just, it's that point at the end where he's, he's, he's bloodied and he hits just an improbable acid drop from the apron to the, and then, the, God, it, he's, he, it's a small thing, but he takes the cables and tries to choke him out. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Like, it's, he's really getting into it. Doing whatever he can do. And uh, this is a different Spike Dudley, the way he walks to the ring. Yeah. Not the goofy guy. Like, uh, this guy uh, means business. No. Yeah, it. I love the opening when he gets thrown through that table because it totally throws the match off from the start. Yeah. Because the, right off the bat. The booking of a match like this is always pretty typically like the, um, the, the small guy is going gonna, is gonna to get dominated and then he's just going to have this one little hope spot to win it. But what's cool is they have him kill him right off the bat. <laughs> Where it's not like he even gets like some lucky shots in early. It's like you know, he has to earn it. He really has to earn it. And I like that because in a lot of matches where we see a big guy and a small guy, the big guy has to act like he's not taking it seriously because right. he's wrestling a small guy. No, he wants to kill him, like, immediately. And I just think that's really cool. Like, every once in a while, their booking really matches up with what they've got in the ring. It's just spectacular. Yeah, I gave this a 10. <laughs> <laughs> You're, really? Because I mean, if I any mean, match deserves I mean, it, it's this one. I mean, if I'm, because I thought about this. I was like, if I gave RVD and Sabu one, this one deserves it. Emphatically, so I, I'm really not ashamed of this one. I mean, you can, I can get, I can take the beating for a couple of the other ones, but you know what? Here, here we go. Yeah, fuck yourself. I will. Yeah. Go, I, 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 no, I'm saying it to myself. I'm gonna go. Oh, fuck, no, I I'm gonna, I'm gonna go fuck us. myself. No. So, uh, Jason, what'd you give the match? You say a two? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was, I, I said seven, but I was just thinking after as much as the way the pattern's been going, like Charlie and I have almost been on the same page, and then you've been like really high, and here we are really high on something. You're gonna be like, no, fuck that a two. But no, it was. That would have been awesome. <laughs> but no, it was a seven. I think just real quick while you're tiling, like Melter has a couple of matches here that he rated, uh, rated pretty high. Three and a half to Spike and Awesome. Gave three and a quarter to actually, believe it or not, three way with Super. Oh, I'm sorry, the tag match with Super Crazy and no. Tajiri versus Lynn and Little Guido. Interesting. Interesting. Because I thought, I, I thought if anything deserved the. It would have been the Sabu and RVD. That was pretty quality. Overall, uh, better show. I, I thought it was better shown last time, without question. Uh, because Much, I think it had... I mean, it was easier to watch. So, yeah, based on that alone. Yeah, the undercard is god-awful. It is awful. The undercard of these shows has not been good. Which is a shame, because that's practically the exact opposite from what we were saying on Heat Wave and yeah. Anarchy. And that's, that's a real shame. You got the final numbers there, Oh, pal? I got them. All right, let's do it. All right, Jason has a 5.2, I have it at a 5.3, then there's you. 
<laughs> with a 6.4. Cagemash.net has us at 5. That's the rating on Cagemash.net. So our combined rating. The comment I see on this is, this was an okay show with a couple good matches, a couple more that were decent, and then a couple that were not good. <laughs> <laughs> well said. So, a gentleman and a scholar. Oh, uh, well, our average is a 5.6. So, you know. I can't. Well, we got to talk. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, you no, know, no, no, I, no, 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 it's fine. I mean, I gave the New Jack one a two. It's not like I was like, five! Don't give try it to, to justify it. <laughs> I know. You have two tens on here. That's I know. never happened. I know, but like, dude, Sabu and RV, it's, well, for one thing, like, I, I mean. I don't think I've given a ten yet. You, didn't you give one this RVD and Jerry Lynn? Hardcore heavy match, one? I think I give like a nine, nine point five. Okay. It takes three minutes to get going. I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, what'd you say? Next one is Living Dangerously. Oh, yeah. Living Dangerously 2000. And after that, it's uh, Hardcore Heaven. Yeah. So, there you go. Man, I... We're getting there. Yeah, yeah. We're moving along. We're going to be getting into the 90s of our episode count. So mm-hmm. that means we're getting that much closer to 100 episodes. 100 Two episodes. years running. Two years running. Wow. Two houses running. Yeah, yeah. Two wow. kids running. Yeah, yeah. That'll be, that'll be June. <laughs> so, um... Uh... Moving forward with Living Dangerously will be the next uh, pay-per-view. I'm trying to think of um, something else on the horizon. Just remember, of course, to check out some of our other um, kind of companion feeds on the, the Questionable Endeavor Network, questendnetwork.com. That's where you can also hear the Raw Attitude podcast with uh, Henry Huge Pex, the suplex throwing human duplex as he goes through the Attitude Era. He's right now in 1998, so good summer. It's the Highway to Hell summer, so that's good stuff to go listen to. Um, we talked about in the beginning. Please check out Martin's column for CRonline.com. Our podcast is on Facebook at New Blood Rising Podcast. That's where you can type in the search there to find us. On Twitter, we are found at New Blood Pod. I'm at William Rinkin83. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. I'm at CM underscore stabs. And we will see you guys for Living Dangerously 2000. Living easy, living free. Season ticket on a homeway ride Asking nothing, leave me be Taking everything in my stride Don't need reasons, don't need rhyme There ain't nothing that I'd rather do I'm going down, it's party time Yeah, my friends are gonna be there too Slow me down like a wheel gonna spin it. Nobody gonna miss me around. Hey Satan, paid my dues. Playing in this bluegrass band. Hey mama, look at me. I'm on my way to the promised land. Yeah.
Hey.